Hey friends, welcome back to the No Wrong Turns podcast with Audrey Lakeman Hunter. I am Audrey and I am your host and I'm so happy that you are all here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Every other Tuesday, we have an awesome guest come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player or app so you guys will never miss an episode. Hey friends, happy Tuesday. How are you all doing? As I'm sitting here working on this episode to share with you all, I'm looking out from my second bedroom window here where we have our desk and I'm seeing the snow kind of gently fall down. And I just love these kinds of, you know, snowy nights. And it just makes me want to cuddle up with like a cozy blanket, some comfy PJs and either watch or read a TV show or a book with a nice peppermint tea or a glass of red wine, depending on how the vibe of the night is. Friends, if you're interested in being part of a small group setting for listening, discussion, and action work with a main focus on racial injustice and racial reconciliation, I would invite you to consider joining my book club. Our February book selection is Make a Change, How to Fight Injustice, Dismantle Systemic Oppression, and Own Our Future by Sean King. If you are interested in joining this conversation, our next book club meeting will be on Tuesday, February 16th at 7.30 p.m. Chicago time. If you're interested, DM us on our social medias at NoWrongTurnsPod or email us NoWrongTurnsPod at gmail.com for details. Listeners, welcome to episode 31. Today on the podcast, we have another Austinite, Austonian, I'm not sure what they're not sure what they go by, Alicia Antoine. Alicia grew up knowing from the time that she was in the third grade that she loved the creative arts. Everything from singing, dancing, group performances, musical theater, fashion, and even learning how to play the flute. During Alicia's story, she will share how she lived out her passions as well as balance the other parts of her story of being a mom and providing for her family. Throughout her story, we will be able to hear how Alicia's passion for performing and sharing morphed into different mediums, going from the stage to entrepreneurship to podcasting. You are for sure going to want to lean in and not miss hearing Alicia's story as she highlights her passions of creative arts, being an entrepreneur, and a podcast host. No matter if this is your story and you can relate to her or not, I believe that there is something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with Alicia. Welcome to the No Wrong Turns pod. Today on the pod, we have Alicia. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm actually doing well today. And how about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Can you tell our listeners kind of 60 second summary of who you are, where you are, any fun facts about yourself that you want to share? Yes. Let's see. My name is Alicia Antoine and I am the host of the Next Level of Bliss podcast. My passion is to inspire, uplift, and encourage women who might have gone through any type of a serious life transition by using storytelling, humor, music, and encouraging them to push to follow their dreams. That's pretty much what I do. I try to do it with a smile and Mm -hmm. with creativity. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any fun facts or hobbies that you want to share with us? Let's see. Well, fun fact, I did attend Jefferson High School of the Performing Arts. I was born in Portland, Oregon, 
and I actually attended there my sophomore, junior, and senior year. I was actually Dolly and Hello Dolly. We did Hello oh, Dolly. Oh, fun. And that was like my senior year. If you ever seen the show Fame, that, I know it's a really old show. I hope I'm not dating myself, but it was a lot like that in the sense that, that we had an amazing dance troupe there, and mm -hmm. I felt like a part of something big at that time and I was involved in theater and music singing um, I very much enjoyed the arts and I feel like that kind of creates Miss Alicia that's who I, that's, that's a big part of me mm -hmm. and even though now I don't have a record deal <laughs> I'm not Whitney Houston but I try to do use some of those talents with my podcast Awesome. So you said you're from Portland, Oregon. Is that where yes. you were born? Yes, I was born in Portland, Oregon. Yes. And I you was. grew and how how long did you grow up there for? Well, I was born in I'm just gonna say the seventies. That way I don't have to say <laughs> what part of the seventies. And so I pretty much, you know, grew up there. There mm -hmm. was a period where my mom and dad separated. And so my mom she we moved to Phoenix, Arizona with her at one time. And mm -hmm. I went to sixth grade, seventh and eighth in in one year of high school in Phoenix, Arizona. And then with the whole separation thing, then myself and my siblings, we moved back to be with my dad who was in Oregon. And that's when I got the opportunity to attend the performing arts high school. But yeah. Awesome. That's that's two really different kind of places to grow up. It really like is. Oh my different gosh. climates, different Ooh. cultures. Yes, it's like rainy, 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 Portland, Oregon. Yep. And I think Phoenix is the, you know, Phoenix, the city of the sun or something like that. It's, yeah. it's all the time, all the time. And record heat sometimes too. It's dry heat though. Mm -hmm. So you have 110 of dry heat as opposed to where I live now in Austin. There's, there's a little more humidity, not as bad per se as like Houston, but it's, it's different. You know, you, you do have some moisture in the heat here as opposed to in Phoenix where it's just dry. Desert yeah. My dad actually grew up in Phoenix. So I've been there a few oh, really? times. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Did you like it? No, my dad did, not me. Oh, your dad oh, did. Okay, oh, well, visiting, yes. visiting yes, there. Visit. Yes, it was yes. fun. Yeah, but yes. it's just so different. It is like, I still feel like it's even different from Texas because I'm in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. I still feel like Phoenix is, even though it gets warm here, it's a different kind of warm. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely feels definitely more desert-y yeah. vibes yes. in, in Phoenix, yes. I would say. Yeah. So growing up, I mean, you kind of already talked about how creative arts is a big part of your life now, but growing up, how did that, how did that begin for you? Um, it actually started when I was in elementary school in the third grade. I went to Vernon Elementary School, and I remember I did one of my first musicals. I feel like it was like Delgato, the cat or something. <laughs> it was really, really, I loved it. And I also learned, I started with the flute at around about that time as well. And I felt like this like, what do they say with the fish in the water? I felt like with me and music and being on the stage, it's just like it clicked for me. Oh, it that's awesome. clicked for me. Yes. And so, of course, in elementary school, I did uh, the little musical plays. You don't do so much in elementary. But then as I progressed into mm -hmm. middle school, you know, I was playing the flute. I was singing the valedictorian in the eighth grade. And I sang with 
sing for mahogany and then I was supposed to play the flute along with it. I was so nervous as in the eighth grade as a valedictorian. I sang but just opted or opted out of using my flute, but I found that even playing the flute would just lift my spirits, would mm-hmm. just just I love the sound of it and I actually don't play it much anymore now, but I feel like that's kind of how I got started with uh, in the performing and creative side of me. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. as you were progressing in school, did you keep playing instruments and singing or and being in plays or did you kind of focus on one more over the other as you as you were growing maybe in and end of middle school, beginning of high school or high school time? You know, that's a good question, too, because I want to say I did the flute um, the elementary and all of middle school. But then once I got to high school, it seemed like a lot of competition with flautists or flutists. Everybody played the flute. And I also realized I still love singing mm-hmm. and I still love theater. So once I got to the sophomore, that's when I started exploring modern and jazz dance. I feel like I always loved dance. It was just mm-hmm. like, I loved, I loved ballet. And though I didn't take it at a young age, I would say I was almost kind of self-taught in a way. And that's at, at one point when I lived in Phoenix at 13, my little best friend and I started a summer camp and I taught dance to the girls in the neighborhood and she taught cooking. Oh, that's and it fun. was just natural. It was just natural. I just loved it. Yeah, I feel like movement is just, it helps you, you it, it helps you to release, you know, it helps with the endorphins, it helps you mm-hmm. to feel good. And even, you know, choreography, creating the dance moves and showing each girl how to put together. I would be in the back just like, you know, Debbie Allen, like tapping my little stick. Okay, one, one, two, three. <laughs> and I was just like, I just felt like even then at 13, that that was just who I was and I loved it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So when you were in high school, that was when you did, went to the performing arts high school yes. and you got to kind of dabble in a bunch of different things. Was there anything in particular that you were most interested in? I know you mentioned dance that you really liked, but was that, did that stay as a constant for you? It was some really, really fun things that happened in Jefferson High School. So I'm going to say I was literally singing, <laughs> dancing, and acting. Mm-hmm. And I, um, let's say, where did I start? Because I was in choir, and then there were like talent shows and times when, you know, we could compete with other uh, girls and create our own little groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm going to say I started off sophomore as in dance. But then when junior year came, I had an opportunity to join a group called D Crew. Mm -hmm. It was a top 40 band that would perform at all of the basketball games. Yes. And so I was one of the lead singers in the group. And I would be happy to send you a, it's so funny. We actually did a commercial for Florida Orange Juice. Oh, fun. (laughs) That song I don't know what's the name of that song. It's I don't want, I don't want to try to hum it. It's an, it's an old song that we used. We came in second place because we used another song as opposed to creating a song of our own. And but that that commercial will actually show you me at seventeen 
in the group singing. So I did the D Crew Top 40 band. And then uh, that was during the basketball season. And mm -hmm. then I just kind of discovered there were about three plays that I did. One was called The Skin of Our Teeth. One was called Runaways, which was really about why teens and kids run away. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that one was really exciting. These were all musicals. We did Oliver, but Oliver, I didn't really have a main. I, I feel like it was Oliver first, The Skin of Our Teeth, Runaways, and then as a senior, it was Hello, Dolly. So I was progressing. I loved it, you know, and I'm not mm -hmm. trying to toot my own horn, but <laughs> I it like the best female vocalist and then and the uh, and best actress back then because that's what I just love to do I just mm -hmm. felt like yeah I I love going into that headspace and and being somebody else creating something else and it was really neat so I had a lot of fun I would say first dance and second would be music and theater were kind of right neck and neck so mm -hmm. dance kind of fell off a little bit but the theater and and uh song stayed stayed as two that were kind of i was doing at the same time gotcha yeah. so then as you clearly had a love for performing arts what were you thinking like as you're maybe in your junior senior year as you're like thinking about okay what's my next move like after graduation am I going to go to school for this am I going to go to have like specialized classes mm -hmm. um, or start auditioning what what were you thinking what as you're going to be your game plan um you know, that's a very good question, too, because I just was not up for the idea of moving far away from my family. And mm. I didn't necessarily want to go to New York and I didn't want to go to California. Those seem like big, scary places to me. Yeah. My best friend and her mom was like, oh, you just knew you were going to try out for Juilliard. And I had some friends that wanted me to. I just feel like um, that emotionally, I wasn't quite ready for that, like necessarily mature enough to want to move across the country mm -hmm. and be away from my family. So I just kind of opted. Once everything ended, it felt like, okay, now what am I going to do? And I knew that I also liked writing stories. I knew that I liked fashion and art. And so they had like this little fashion institute in Oregon. It was called the John Robert Power School of Fashion. So I like graduated and I had, you know, straight A's and my dad was just like, I thought you wanted to be, I thought maybe you'd go to school to be, you know, a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> or like, dad, you know, I never did it. I don't like any of that. I don't like science. I don't like math. <laughs> and so I went into this little, it was basically like a, a trade school type thing mm -hmm. that would teach you more about retail and textile and also taught you about image consulting. I really liked image consulting. And I loved, I love, 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 always love fashion. I did a few uh, fashion shows and stuff back in school as well. But as much as I love that, I really felt like this kind of a longing to. Do you struggle to find the time and energy to consistently eat healthy? You're not alone. And there is a solution. Introducing Factor, the all-in-one meal delivery service that preps, cooks, and delivers fresh, never frozen, fully prepared meals directly to your door weekly. With Factor, every meal is designed by dietitians and handcrafted by world-class chefs. 
keeping your taste buds happy and your waistline trim. Sounds good. What's more, the menu changes every week, so you will never lose interest in eating healthy. Right now, Factor is offering listeners of the No Wrong Turns pod $50 off their first two weeks. Just go to factor75.com. That's factor75.com. Pick your meals and use the code podcast 50 at checkout to claim this limited time offer. That's factor75.com code podcast 50. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T-5-0. I want to be near my mom. So she was in Phoenix where the sun was shining all the time. Mm-hmm. Portland is beautiful, but it's rainy, it's cloudy, it's kind of blah, 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 you know, but some, yeah. people, like, like some people like that Seattle type thing. For me, I felt like after I graduated, I, I felt like that would be a way to kind of get away. I'd be moving, but I'd at least be near my mom. Mm-hmm. And I was just going to go to Phoenix and just kind of explore what possibly I could get into once I got to Phoenix. And so after high school and I did do the little college stint, I decided the 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 college was not bad, but it was it was really it was kind of a rush course type thing. And I decided that that was not something I would want to do as well. So mm-hmm. I took a few classes and decided, you know, I'm going to move to Phoenix, be near my mom yeah. and then see what I could get into. That was like my trip, you know, to mm-hmm. another place. So that's, that's kind of what I decided to do after that. So you moved to Phoenix and then mm-hmm. were you kind of like investigating what kind of creative options that you had once you got oh, here? Yeah. I was. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. And so I I wasn't sure what I wanted to do at first. And my mom had a friend that ran her own kind of, um, kind of her own little thrift store and she needed someone to kind of model and put outfits together. So Mm -hmm. I did, I helped her do that and put the clothes together for when she would do her sales. And then I actually decided to work in an office at that point. And because I could type, I took typing back in high school and I just kept looking for different things that I could do to be creative. Now I was invited to sing in a group or be in a group, but they just needed a choreographer. I wasn't interested in that. Mm-hmm. Then I was invited to, to be a part of a group and which they were going to sing like disco music. And I was like, Donna Summers? <laughs> yeah, looking for some hot stuff, probably not. But yeah, I had that opportunity, but I, I decided I didn't really want to do that. And so I did find a place in Phoenix called Footprint Dance Studio. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. allowed me to kind of get my creative juices flowing. And I, I did that. And then I eventually enrolled in Phoenix College and decided that I would study communications. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, well, I like talking. I like speaking. I like helping people. It's got to be something I could do in that area. And so that's kind of what I did once I moved to Phoenix and got, took some time to explore. It was like, I still wasn't trying to go and, 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 and create a role. Didn't want to join a girl group. I just, I thought, okay, well, this, the footprints was good. It was really a workout but it Mm -hmm. was good. So that kind of was fulfilling it. And then I also purchased another flute. 
So when I would be by myself, sometimes I would play my flute. Uh, I kept a lot of my old music. And so Mm -hmm. I, I did things like that. Yeah. That's awesome. So you were still pursuing and getting your kind of creative outlets for music and for, for dance slash workout almost. Yes. So as you were doing that, what were your, what were your next steps that you were thinking? Were you wanting to keep finding different creative options or were you thinking I'm going to have to go into a different line of work and still be able to do the creative stuff at the same time or work, you know, like kind of like a secondary job to support being able to do what you wanted to do or because I've heard a lot of different creative people have kind of two jobs because one, they're able to do kind of on the side (laughs) and then one, they're able to uh, like actually do what they want to do. What was the case for you? Well, actually a whole lot happened in the 90s. I met my my late ex-husband. I met him and it, it felt like kind of a whirlwind romance. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I was still attending Phoenix College, studying studying the communications. But my late ex-husband at the time was really always into different things for business. And one time he bought me this amazing leather bag. It was something like maybe a doctor bag. And it was beautiful. And I wore it and Mm-hmm. Lots of compliments. And he was like, you know, maybe we ought to get these bags and sell them and see how it does. And it was kind of like that kind of created the side of me that was like, oh, wow, I actually like, you know. So before it was all said and done, I did end up, two different things happened. One, I ended up working. I liked, I liked the idea of the arts, but I also liked the idea of having something that was a little more steady. Mm-hmm. Phoenix really didn't have a market for the arts like that. And okay. again, because I really wasn't trying to be big time, I really didn't want to go back into dance as heavy as I, like I said, I got into the best shape ever <laughs> yeah. from uh, Footprints Dance Studio, but I didn't really want that to be my, my area. So at this point, I left myself kind of open and I kind of pushed the arts away a little bit and started focusing Mm. on, you know, because I eventually did get married and started a family. And at the time, my uh, late ex-husband was always talking to me about different things we could do to kind of, while we worked our full-time jobs and then having a business on the side to maybe be able to create the kind of income to where we didn't have to work, you know. Mm -hmm. He knew about my artistic side but yeah. I almost felt like kind of once I got married, I stopped, you know, and I, do I kick myself for it uh, a little bit, but then maybe not because I did write poems. I wrote songs. I kept mm-hmm. doing that, kept writing poems, kept writing songs. And when he, we started, or I started a gift basket company, I felt like that allowed me a creative side. That was a lot of fun, you know, and just creating that was artistic for me. Mm-hmm. And then later I started a lingerie company and I actually had lingerie shows that I would put on. I had catalog shows and it was exciting because I felt like I could create, like when you do parties, sometimes you actually put on fashion shows for people. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot of fun. And then we created a a distributorship company where if people wanted to sell underneath me, 
I would train them and sell them kit and then they would go off on their own. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was like the other side of the creativity. And I was like, okay, I love this. I love fashion. I love clothes. I love, you know, I love putting it. I was in charge of putting everything together. So I was creating the flyers. I put together the, um, the catalogs. I would, you know, pass them out. I, would, I had business cards made. I did training. And so this kind of brought me to another side of myself that I really mm-hmm. was just loving, 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 you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. But even though I did it, it was more sort of like a side gig. I would say, yeah. you know, maybe 200 to four or 500 a month. And so I still continue to work in the office and just kind of progressed, you know, working in the office. And later I went into insurance and I said, my family started growing too. So I kind of felt like I'm, I'm going to keep doing like the little lingerie and everything on the side. But since my family's growing, so many things are happening. Maybe I should kind of, kind of come away from doing the business and seeing what kind of impact I can make in the corporate world. And mm-hmm. I was still, I feel young that I felt like, it was good for me to, to take that turn. So I didn't really do anything else with the arts anymore. Outside of being around the house, sometimes I would sing, but I still kept my flute. I would sing to my kids mm-hmm. and do fun things like that. But I continued to write. And also I started doing things like blogging and just using my creative side that way. That's awesome. I like how you found different avenues in yeah. like a different season of life where you weren't necessarily yeah. able to be like at the dance studio every day, yeah. but still being able to like kind of incorporate that almost into your family like yeah. patterns and rhythms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you were working a more kind of corporate professionally. Yeah job, I guess I would, that's kind of yeah. how it sounded. And uh-huh. then being able to have these kind of creative things on the side or kind of incorporated with your everyday life. Can you kind of walk us to, cause I know that you, you started a podcast and have been able to do creative things in the past couple of years, but can you kind of bridge the gap between, between those two times for us? Yes. Yes. And so I've, I've been in health insurance and medical claims and all that for probably eight plus years. And as though I loved, I, I won't say I love it. It's very interesting when, when you have that creative part of you, it, it's a part of you that always yearns to do something else. You almost feel like you're kind of put here to do a little bit more than, you know, work a nine to five and not that that's knocking anybody else that does that. But sometimes you feel almost like, you, you want to say something, you want to tell yeah. something. So even when I was in, you know, the office, I would be creating these, you know, groups for women to come together and have time away from our kids and, you know, mommy getaways with even girls in the office, you yeah. know? So when I was in the office, selling the lingerie and stuff on the side, you know, of course. And then, you know, at the same time, I started putting together, I started writing these little kind of like newsletters Mm -hmm. And they would kind of talk about, you know, what you could do to get relaxation, how you needed to kind of focus on Mm self-care and also different things that were going on. I kind of made like a mini magazine almost. 
And I saw, I, I, that was like my second thing. And this is still in line with me working in an office and things like that. But then some things happened after that. Let me back up a little bit. <laughs> Go back there. So I did a healthy living blog. I became a mommy blog. I was writing for the examiner on, you know, why you should follow your passion. So see, even then there was that part of me that was like, I feel like it was even me kind of telling my own story. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a claims adjuster or I, you know, I'm a research adjustment analyst, but deep inside, you know, my passion is to find a way for, you know, women and mothers to follow their passion. So so that, because in a lot of ways, I was kind of empty. I really was. I loved being a mom though. So mm -hmm. I'd incorporate, you know, healthy living, mommy blogging. At one time I was going to create a, um, a blog called Red Wine, Brownie Batter, and Sippy Cups. <laughs> because it was like, you could kind of get an idea of what I was doing. I, I like to have a little wine occasionally. We were always doing something around the house, making sweets. And then, then I had two little ones at the time. And it was like sippy cups because I always felt yeah. like, okay, who's going to get the sippy cup? Who's got to put something in the sippy cup? <laughs> Water. So we were always just kind of doing something. Yeah. And all of that brought me so, so, so much joy. But there were some things that happened and we ended up relocating to Austin, Texas. And I um, had a divorce, I actually ended up getting divorced. And that was pretty painful. That was like, mm -hmm. we moved to Austin in 2011, kind of hoping to kind of restart and kind of get a fresh start on life. There was just a lot of things going on, you know, as a wife and a mother, and I was trying to juggle it all and still, so what I continued to do was write, just kept writing everything down. Literally started kind of chronalizing my life, you know, mm -hmm. how I love my kids. Sometimes I would write to God. I would write, you know, God, this is how I feel, you know, and about my family. I hope one day to achieve, you know, something great. I want to be able to do something to make a difference, to encourage other women. Because when you're, you know, marriage is not easy, you know, you have your ups and downs, mm -hmm. but it was just a number of things that were happening to me. And as, you know, as a wife and trying to hold my family together, it became just a lot, a whole mm -hmm. lot. So we moved to Austin in 2011, but then just a couple years after that, then we had a divorce, uh, separation and divorce. And that, that period was one of the darkest moments for me. Mm. And so one of my newer podcasts, a passion, a calling or a comeback, I always look and I, I did another one, 15 helpful tips to a successful comeback. It's like, Sometimes you go through things in life, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a job loss, whether it's a loss of a family member or something really big that can devastate you, rock your world and really knock you off your path. And you can lose a lot. And that basically was me after my divorce. And for, at one point I, I didn't know, I, I was not as close in my faith, but I tell you what, I got back in my faith. Mm -hmm. And my faith, of course, you know, I talk about it on my show. I do believe in God. I have, I feel like the reason why I'm able to even talk to you today is because he is the one that helped me breathe life back into me. Alicia, you have to keep going. You know, you have mm -hmm. to keep going. 
it's kind of devastating, I think. And, and each person handles life's, you know, mishaps differently. I'm a really, you know, loving, big hearted kind of person. And I had been on this dream. I'm going to just keep my family together no matter what. And when I couldn't do that, that all of that affected me in different ways. It was kind of like a process of me just falling. I felt like I just kept falling and, and I stayed and I was kind of in a dark place, mm-hmm. but in my prayer time and in my, I started thinking about even the things that I went through that were dark, that I thought I'm not going through this. If they felt like I felt, you know, there came a time when I came out of that. So I would say from like 2014 or so, even 15, 16, I was just kind of trying to heal, you know, mm-hmm. and find myself and heal. By about 2016, 17, it was like, I knew I had a story to tell. I was like, wow. oh boy. I felt like even, I felt like my faith in God was like, you should tell the story. There's somebody, there's a mother, there's somebody at home that feels like no matter what you're going through, you know, and people go through things that they don't share all the time. Mm -hmm. Somebody could be at home. I've kind of talked about some things on, on some of my shows that are kind of serious, but I try to tell it in a way that this is some of the things that are happening, especially right now during the quarantine and stuff. You know, you have people that might be at home with people that they realize that they don't love each other and they're going through different types of things that are hard and abusive or stressful or anything, anything that can break you, especially during this time. Mm-hmm. So I talked about, you know, how we should look out for women and mothers that might be at home that are struggling and kind of check on our friends and family, make sure everybody's doing okay and encourage those people because no matter what it is that might lead to a divorce, no matter what darkness you're going through, you can overcome it, you know, and everything I went through, sadness, you know, just felt like I I didn't, at one point, I tell you, it just, I, I, I didn't feel like I could, I could be as strong as I am today. Mm-hmm. And, but when I pushed through it and I prayed and I kept pushing, then thoughts started coming to me of, this is something you need to tell. You need to share this with somebody. Somebody needs to hear that no matter what they're going through, no matter if they're going through, you know, something abusive, no matter if they're going through some sadness or disparities, adversities, they've lost everything and they feel like there's no hope, there's nobody to talk to. Maybe that's the voice that I need to use to encourage those people because I felt like that before. And sometimes you don't have anybody to talk to. Sometimes you don't necessarily know who you can talk to about it because Mm -hmm. some things you could be going through or might not be pretty, you know, and there's some people that only see you in a pretty light. So if they hear anything outside of that oh my gosh and then you feel like so a lot of people a lot of women a lot of mothers we have this big responsibility of holding our family together cooking cleaning working a full-time job and then just being this strong women sometimes we're we're not always strong and so that's when i realized i had a story to tell and that was the beginning of joy on the incline from adversity to greatness that was what my podcast was originally titled and mm-hmm. I started I started putting it all on paper about 2017. The 2018, it was like, okay, I just want to tell this story. I don't want to pay a lot of money. I remember thinking, I don't want to, because I kept trying to figure out podcasts, podcasts, what am I? And one day I was at one of my corporate jobs and I was like, oh, it's going to be a long ride home. 
there's a lot of traffic and this and the lady was like, her and I were joking about it. She goes, yeah, but all you got to do is just find the perfect podcast and plug that into your ears and then you'll be able to drive home and it won't, you'll never even notice how much time you spent. And I said, that's it. I can make a podcast. People yeah. could be driving home. Women could be picking up the kids and they could be listening and going, mm. yeah, yeah. So that's how I create, that's how I ended up with joy on the incline. And it says from adversity to greatness because adversity meaning whatever it was, you don't even have to get into it. Whatever it was, whatever it was that made you feel broken, that made you feel sad, sorrowful, depressed, lost, you know, oppressed, whatever the case is, you can go from that to being great. To me, greatness is being able to kind of harness what that is that you were put here to do mm -hmm. and, and use that as a way to gather that light in you and spread it all around and you're 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 uplifting everybody else or you're following your dream you're uplifting yourself you're uplifting your family whoever whatever it is that to me is your path to greatness that's that's how i look at it i think that's so great i really love the way you kind of just walked us through your your kind of journey i really liked how you highlighted it that you had a time of self-care and healing yeah. and yeah. that wasn't just overnight or a couple of weeks, but it took, yeah. it took a lot of time. And that I think is something that you were just saying, I think oftentimes, you know, when you're looking at people's highlight reels on social media, you yeah. don't see you or you don't know, or maybe people do post about it, but it certainly isn't like, yeah what you're, oh what you're seeing the most of is doing the light doing that work. Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh my gosh. Even the pictures that we take, it's like, Oh, you know, I almost feel like it's kind of taboo to let anybody see. I think just now with the pandemic and quarantine, mm -hmm. we're now starting to see it's kind of like, okay. On Instagram to really kind of post yourself feeling and looking the way you really, and I'm really glad yeah. of that because I feel like as women, we're always supposed to be just crimped up and posing perfect hair. I mean, that's why half the time I don't like doing videos, you know, because yeah. it's always like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I, I, what is that? Is that a pimple that I need, yeah. to, do I need to put a hot rag on it? Is it a white head or is it, yeah. you know, you end up feeling like, oh gosh, but nowadays it's a little bit more. I think that people are seeing that this year has been so, it's just been heavy for all of us that Definitely. it's okay. Yeah, I'm constantly seeing self-care, self-care, self-care. And I feel like if, if you don't take some time for self-care, you can fall apart. You can fall apart. Just And it doesn't even have to be that you're going through so much, but life can throw things. I think life is throwing so much at all of us that it's really, really a time for reflecting and, and saying, you know what, I, I need a moment. Or saying, you know what, I'm kind of sad. Or reaching out to a friend. Yeah family member or somebody and letting them know that you're you might need a little extra something something a little more time in prayer whatever it is to kind of bring bring that moment of peace and solace to you you know for some people it's meditating for somebody else's prayer for whatever it is I feel like this is a time that we have to connect to a higher power at least that's what I like to do mm -hmm. we have to take time for ourselves and and don't feel bad when we have to do it because that's so true. Sometimes I watch social media and I'm like, oh. I look at everybody. I'm like, oh, they all look so happy and so perfect. But you know, a lot of times behind closed doors, people are going through things that you would never imagine, you know, 
And um, so I'm, I'm the one, I would say that that's what probably makes me stand out on Instagram is I'm saying, you know, pushing past adversity. In fact, I think what I wrote here, let me just read it really quick. It mm -hmm. says on my Instagram, I have, it says, let's see, let me say here. The next level of bliss podcast, empowering women, conquering adversity, and igniting passions to create the lives we desire, making dreams reality, join us. And I, I, I tried to just, you know, you can only do so much. I don't know how many characters they tell you, you know, <laughs> there's only so much you can put in there, but I'm like, I'm going to say adversity. I know it's kind of taboo. It's not like, oh, you know, I'm mommy, mompreneurs. I was, I was mm -hmm. a mompreneur. I did all that, but I still faced all kinds of things, you know, mm -hmm. all kinds of hiccups and uphill. Nobody talks about that, you know, yeah. it's not pretty, you know, but I think somebody ought to at least say that some of us might be smiling on the outside, but on the inside, we could be in tears and we can't express that or get that out. So I think that's part of what I'm supposed to do as well. Yeah. I think like we were just talking about with the healing and working on yourself. I once mm -hmm. heard a speaker talk. I'm trying, I can't remember who it was. Okay. Actually it was, it was a pastor. Her name's Dawn Cherie Wilkerson. And uh -huh. for some reason, I, I remember seeing this on the Insta story and it just got, kind of stuck with me. She was mm -hmm. talking about, somebody had asked a question like, how do you decide what stories you're going to tell when you're, when mm -hmm. you're preaching or what examples you're going to give? And she said that whatever stories that she tells about herself or mm -hmm. things that she's gone through before she talks about it on the platform, she mm -hmm. wants to make sure she said that you need to make sure that you have done the healing and the work for yourself on the inside off the platform before you go and you speak about it in front of people. And That's it kind of just reminded me exactly of what you were saying, just a time mm -hmm. of working on yourself, healing mm -hmm. and then having that, having that time that you're like, okay, I think God is telling me that I need to share my story with other people. Yeah. But you, like I was just talking about, you did the work and now you have this opportunity to be able to share it. Because mm -hmm. I think also too, when you go through hard things, even mm -hmm. you're just, your body's just not physically ready. You might just start breaking down in the yes, middle. And that's, that's, right. o that's okay. Yes. But sometimes yeah. that's also a sign of you still need to do some, do some, some work. work with it. Yeah. Yes, that's and true. That is so true. That's yeah. Very true. I actually like that. And I agree with that too. I will say too, that it's like, you know, in life you have different things that come, you know, at you that you might have to work through. And I feel like that the, the stuff that happened with my divorce was so heavy and it took a while to get through that, you know, praying and, you know, therapy and, and just, you know, yeah. heal, 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 a lot of that. And then sometimes you can get through all of that and then other things pop up. But I feel like this part of my story has been, it's been really amazing. And it, and it also kind of, kind of catapulted me to a place where I feel I can actually say, you know, hey, I was once here and now I'm here. And it's yeah. so great to be here you know, in a place where you don't necessarily kind of feel like you have to have somebody hold you up or you need to have someone help you or somebody, not necessarily to help you, but sometimes when you're going through things, it's tough. And you want to kind of, you're kind of in this place where 
you don't know who to reach out to. You're crying, you're sad, you're going through so many different things. And it's like, gosh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like after a moment, you'll get through a certain length of time and the things just start making sense. Your life starts falling into place. So for me, things started falling into place for me, you know, where I transitioned, you know, where I was stable. I found lots of things fell into place for myself and my family. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of a continual now where I feel like, oh, thank you, God, I feel strong now. And things have finally, they fall into place. And so, whereas maybe back, five years ago when I might've had, I might not have had everything I needed, you know, in my quest to heal and to work through stuff, things start falling into place. And I have what, what I need to be able to tell the story Mm because it helps when you can be like, well, this is where I was and this is where I am now. And I feel that way spiritually, physically, mentally, like, oh, you know, I'm just so glad to be here not be here anymore but be over here and I can share that and so I do agree with you yeah so I wanted to just pivot for a minute and ask you a question so we can definitely tell that your your passions are um pretty much all things creative just about Mm -hmm. but what are some common myths that you have heard that surround your passion or maybe once myths that you believed as as you were going along that you could kind of debunk for us and uh yeah just kind of set us straight oh okay I know that there's some that's like, you know, well, if you have kids, you know, you can't, you can't follow your passion. You can't, Mm. you know, if if you don't have all of your finances in order, you can't follow your passions. I feel like you can follow your passions anywhere, anyhow, just start it. You know, if you like cooking, it's amazing. You could be cooking and create something that tons of people like, and then now you created something that's going to give you an income that's going to impact yourself and your family. And then you're off to another level. You're on to yeah. the next level of bliss because you're like, oh my gosh, who knew that these, these uh, cobblers that I was making that my grandmother showed me how to make three years ago would make so many people enjoy them. So mm. I feel like people age myth, you know, ooh, once you turn, you know, 40 and once you turn 45, it's <laughs> over. I feel yeah. like a lot of these things happen for me, you know, as I'm in my, within my forties, you know, right in here where I'm this age where I'm like, wow, this is where I'm supposed to fall. This is supposed to be over. It doesn't have to have an age bracket to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to have anything. You just have to have the, you have to have that. If it's in you and you want to do it, go for it. Do it now. Why not? Yeah. You know? Even if you're, sometimes you'll find that following your passion will help you deal with, it's a part of that healing. Sometimes, Mm. you know, doing the cooking or or creating will help you work through some of the sadness and and work through some of the disparities and will lift your spirits and help you with depression or help you with, you know, so people don't look at it like that. And don't let anybody tell you that you're too old, you have too many kids, or that you have, mm-hmm. you don't have anybody in your, in your corner. You don't have to have those things. I was someone that at one time, I, I wasn't heavily connected with a lot of people, including mm-hmm. my family. And I still, you know, with my faith, I have to just tell you, I couldn't have done it without my faith for me. And I didn't have that rock solid faith, like going to church as a kid. It wasn't like that for me. 
it was like just kind of discovering and understanding and still really taking my time to kind of get to understand what was I supposed to be doing in life. And sometimes, you know, maybe just even asking yourself, why am I here? What, what is it that I'm supposed to do? You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you, sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of in your spirit and you'll know that there's something else you're supposed to do. You can kind of feel it. And even, I think the biggest myth is kids not having the perfect everything. You know, I don't have a spouse to back me up. I don't have the money. You can, it's amazing what you can do if you believe and have faith and push through. Yeah. yeah. I really like how you said that. That kind of just reminded me of something else that I've heard that I can't remember the speaker of. <laughs> I heard somebody talking about just having the Holy Spirit kind of telling you, guiding you yeah. to say, yeah. you need to share this message or you need to do this. Yeah. And I remember hearing somebody say once, when you hear that in you, in your believer, you, you know, like a Christ follower, that, that the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit telling yeah. you to, you know, go do something. Yeah. And yeah. they said, God can use anybody. He's, a- yes, he's he asking can. you, he's asking mm-hmm. to use you. And mm-hmm. if you, you know, are disobedient and, you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't follow through and yeah. um, with obedience, then that's fine. But he can go and just use somebody else, but just to yes, have that opportunity mm-hmm. to say, to say yes, when you're thinking like, should I, should I not? It's like, yes. God, is this from you? You know? Yes. But that's when you just said that kind of reminded me of that. God can use anybody, but like you have your story, your Mm -hmm. history, where you are, and that he puts you where you are because he's surrounding you with the people. He has a big overarching story and we get to be like a little part of it. Yes, we are. And we just have to say yes. (laughs) Yes, that is so true. I like that. That's really, really true. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple questions about your podcast. Uh So you kind of mentioned there was a couple joy on the incline. And Mm -hmm. now when I, when you search for it, it's the next level of bliss. Isn't that right? Yes, that's it. Yes. The next level of bliss podcast. Cause I kind of went through this phase. I was playing with it because I felt like the joy on the incline was that process of, you know, yes, I've, I've, I've rebuilt and I'm, I'm climbing, I'm making it, I'm, mm-hmm. I've done some great things now. So it was joy on the incline from adversity, greatness, and others, where I'm telling my story of, you know, how I was at one point really sad and didn't know how I was going to, you know, move forward, especially as a mother with kids, you know, yeah. as you know, having like a husband and you have kids, it's like a whole nother story, you know? And after that, I went into the, it was called the next level mom, because I felt like, oh, goodness. Everything is mom, 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 you know, helicopter mom, you know, mom. And I and I I'm honored to be a mom. I love my children. But also I wanted to show the next level of bliss as okay, you can be a mom, you've overcome or overcoming different types of trials and things that are coming up to you. Now let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Now let's create. Now let's get back to business. Now let's Alicia go fast forward into what you want to do now. Mm-hmm. And I always knew I was going to speak. I actually got a chance to kind of tell my story. And I was telling my story to a group of women. And I thought to myself, you know, an organization that kind of wanted to know my story of, you know, kind of how me and my family had evolved. And 
I decided then that I was like, I could tell this story on a podcast and somebody else might want, I knew I was supposed to tell it. And there's so many different avenues. There's mm-hmm. so many different ways to tell it. There's so many different places. Right. It just depends. And so I just decided then that I want to make it now the next level of bliss. So you, now you've come through, you've, you've, you've climbed your mountain, you've worked through, you're doing your healing or you've done a lot of your healing. And now you want to make, you want to do something. Now you have an opportunity. Now you're stable now, now you want to follow your dreams. You want to play with the idea. So the next level of bliss is me saying, okay, ladies, we know we've gone through some things. We could talk about the pain. We could talk about how support and friendship all make a difference. But yeah. let's also talk about how we could take what we've always dreamed of doing how, mm-hmm. and, and turn it into a passion to create an income or even just turn it into a way to have peace. Sometimes you don't may not necessarily want to go into a big business, but you find that, you know, playing the piano brings you peace and, and maybe, you know, playing the piano for, you know, um, people that might not have what you have encourages you and you find a way to kind of go full circle. It's more too about exploring how to get to the next level of your life. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you've come through, you can get to the next level and you can smile and be like, I made, I made it through all of that and I'm still here. Woo! You know, let's, let's have fun with it. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where the next level of bliss is now. Yeah. And uh, I still use joy on the incline.com because that's where, you know, I have my, my uh, podcast, you know, hosted as, as mm-hmm. joy on the incline. That's, that's the name. I still feel like that's a good name because you, at some point, you're going to figure out a way to work through whatever it is. Once you figure out, you start seeing that you have a bigger picture, a bigger reason for being here. You can find some joy in that because it's like, wow, I made it through that. I can't believe it. I did this. I'm doing, I'm excited. Now what? Now, now once you make it to the top of the mountain, you know, the sky is the limit. You know, maybe you do want to open a restaurant. Maybe you do want to help kids at the, at the church in the daycare center Maybe you just want to create and put something out to uplift and make people smile. And the next level of bliss is all about doing whatever it is to bring out that next level of joy and peace and, and finding what it is inside of you, your calling, your passion, your comeback, whatever it is, let's get to it. And so that's what I wanted the, the next level of bliss to be. That's awesome. I just really love, I mean, it's a title and almost like a title and a tagline and a summary all wrapped into one. And so it's so good to be able to hear you unpack that because I can really just tell that of the passion and the the thought and the Mm -hmm. heart behind that. I can really see that and hearing you just chat about that. So thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, I'm so glad. Hey listeners, some of you may have heard a big part of my story on how I started this podcast. During my day job, I get to listen to podcasts all day long as I work. The ones I really enjoy and are interested in are ones that encompass someone's story and their passion. Since I'm an avid podcast listener, I wanted to start sharing some podcasts and podcast episodes that I've enjoyed and that I think you might as well. This week, I want to highlight with you a podcast called You're Wrong About. This podcast is hosted by journalists Michael Hobbs and Sarah Marshall, who are obsessed with the past. 
each week they reconsider a person or event that has been miscast in the public's imagination. During this past September 2020 through November 2020, they did a five-part episode series, Deep Dive into the Life of Princess Diana. As a novice, you know, royal fan who's, you know, kind of interested and knows some details, I found this podcast to be an interesting take with some facts and background that I had no, no idea and no clue about before. I will link the podcast details in the show notes. Today's episode is brought to you by Romer Skincare. Based out of Chicago, Romer Skincare launched a clean skincare line that covers all of your skin needs. They proved that you don't need a million serums and a million eye creams to get better skin. Why we love them. Their clean ingredients and effective results with just a three-step simple routine that you and even your partner can share. I am so excited to have Romer Skincare as our sponsor today because coming soon, we will have Lauren Rome, founder of Romer Skincare, come on the podcast to share her story and her passion of creating a a clean and simple skincare line. Right now, Romer Skincare is offering our listeners 20% off by using the code PASSIONPOD. That is P-A-S-S-I-O-N-P-O-D on their website, Romer Skincare. Dot com. That is R-O-M-E-R-S-K-I-N-C-A-R-E dot com. No stress, no clutter, just happy skin. So I have one final question, and this is a question that I ask all of the guests that come on the pod, and Uh that is, what is fueling you today? What's fueling your passion? So this could be anything from a new coffee drink, maybe a new TV show you found on Netflix, or (laughs) new fun thing you found to do with your family during the the quarantine pandemic. Mm -hmm. So what's fueling you today? What's fueling your passion? I want to say inspiration. Sometimes like when I'm on Instagram and I, some people, some of the people that I follow on Instagram post the most wonderful quotes, things I would have loved to have learned when I was in that dark place, you know, yeah. that place of like, gosh, what are they? And so I feel like inspiration is inspiring me or it's kind of like, I feel like faith, it's a little bit of everything, you know, yeah. sometimes it's a great you know, cup of tea in the morning mm-hmm. with my little heater blowing next to me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, when it's kind of chilly a little bit, when the AC is just way too, and it's like, can we turn it down? No, we can't turn it down. Okay, well, I'll put my little heater next to me. So I find things in a little bit of everything. Sometimes I'll watch a show and I'll catch something and I'll go, oh, that's it. Sometimes I'll be out and about and someone will say something. Sometimes it can be a song that I yeah. hear and it's like, that's it. And then it just kind of, I'll take that song or take that little tagline of the show or that heater and looking at the fact that the weather is changing mm-hmm. and just try to find some light because there's so much of where there's not a lot of light. And I feel like we need that right now. You know, we need that mm-hmm. so much. And so sometimes it's, it's like a goal to find the light. I automatic where's the light where's the light and I'll be out somebody someplace and somebody will tell me a story and I'm like wow I could repurpose that story and share it and encourage somebody you know if I'm out talking and someone's telling me that they struggled you know and they went through so much but they're they're doing better now they don't they don't have their spouse anymore and 
and I could take that story, sing a song, uplift the spirit, tell everybody to get a cup of coffee, or get your favorite warm drink. And mm -hmm. I think it's time now just to have even some virtual fun with it. I feel like we need feel good stuff right now. Stuff that that kind of lines up with, with uplift our spirits, uplift our hearts, our minds, our emotions, so that we can stand, you know, you know, together and and push through the things that we have to deal with that we can't often go and talk to people about now because of the way things are. Mm -hmm. It's helpful to have somebody that, that or something that kind of tickles your ear or encourages you, or pushes you, blows a wind on you, it makes you, maybe something I say makes someone go, gosh, you know what, I could do that, or I could create that, or I should go in there, I've been in the bed feeling sad for the last day or so, I'm going to get up and go in and hug my kids and bake some brownies, and just because they heard something I said, then I feel like, oh, I did it, that's what I wanted to do, that's what I wanted to that's awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for just sharing with us and sharing your story and your passions. And then truly, this is the last question. Oh, where can people find you? Because you mentioned your podcast, your website. Can you tell the people where they can find you? Yes. So they could definitely find me on Instagram at the Next Level of Bliss podcast. And I'm, it's, it's been growing a little bit. I would love to have them. I try to share inspiration and encouragement and then we also post whenever we're gonna whatever the next show is gonna be a lot of times we'll post it there first and then you can listen on iTunes or especially now it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitchers, iHeartRadio, Google Play, TuneIn, just about all of the, the platforms you can listen mm -hmm. And then you just go to joyontheincline.com you su can subscribe to the RSS feeds and that way a person could get the latest and but you can certainly reach out to me there i'm looking at other avenues i've been a little shy with social media so mm -hmm. i was like i really didn't want to do much with it but then i was like well how can i help grow my podcast and the guy was like well, you know you could do a little more with instagram and i was like hmm i guess i'll do instagram so <laughs> that's pretty much the next level bliss podcast would be where you can find me and on any of the podcast platforms and then at joyontheincline.com to subscribe for the feeds to get the latest show updates. Any of those, awesome. any of those ways they want to do it. Yeah. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much. Um, this has been awesome just to hear your story and just to sure. chat with you. Yes, it has been. I thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Audrey. No problem. Friends, I really enjoyed Alicia's story and how her passions truly evolved and changed throughout her story. Alicia began her story knowing in third grade that she was passionate about the creative arts, spent her school age years wholeheartedly pursuing all forms of creative arts from dance to theater to flute playing to musicals to singing, evolving into other creative avenues in various forms of entrepreneurship. Then the latest creative outlet, podcasting, that Alicia was led to when she knew that she was ready to sh share her story with others. I love the idea and mission behind her podcast, Love on the Incline, to inspire, uplift, and encourage women by using story, humor, and music to encourage them to follow their dreams. I hope that we are all encouraged today through Alicia's story and her passions. My prayer is that you consider what God has for you and what he might be leading you to. See the show notes for our music credits.
All right, guys, enjoy your week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And I will see you back here next time. And our episode will be with Reverend Emily Scatterday Houlihan. Hey, friends, you have just listened to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Thickman Hunter. I'm Audrey and I'm your host. And I am so happy that you're here. If you liked what you listened to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are bringing new shows every other Tuesday and always have on awesome guests to chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player so you guys will never miss an episode. See you next time.